You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hello, I'm Elder Care Coordinator Patty Bedwell. And today, our guest on Aging Starts Now is Sarah Fowler. Sarah is from GNRC. That's the Greater Nashville Regional Council. And today, we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Medicaid Choices Program. And I'm going to start out with a simple but probably a big question. Um, Sarah, can you tell us what is Choices and how does GNRC assist with the program? Sure. Um, Choices is the long-term care services program for Medicaid or TennCare. TennCare, of course, is Medicaid in Tennessee. Um, And so Choices is the program that can pay for long-term care services, whether that is in the nursing home or whether that is in the home. Um, And so how GNRC comes into play is anybody who is not already on TennCare and needs to apply for choices, we do those applications. We help with the enrollment, the facilitation of that application, help get all of the paperwork needed and get it to the appropriate place so that somebody can get enrolled into TennCare and the choices program. Okay, so um, how does a person go about applying for the program? Uh, I'm assuming there's there's steps that they have to take, and and how do they know that the Choices Program is really what they they need? Yeah, so first steps to enroll, or in order for our agency to help them, um, they do need to get in touch with us, whether that's uh, through our website or our, our emails, or we have a helpline, that's where most of our referrals come through. And that's, you know, 615-255-1010. We also have a statewide toll-free number. But anybody that doesn't have 10 care, we, you know, they just need to get in touch with us and we will start that process. Uh, we try to if you get our voicemail or if you send an email, we try to get that person called back within two days. Um, sometimes we can't get in touch with them, you know, whether we're leaving a voicemail or whatever, but we're going to keep trying. Um, after about three attempts, then we're going to send a letter to even try one more attempt to get in touch with them. Uh, once we do get in touch with them, then we do uh, an initial screening, basically to see if they're eligible. Um, and so to know if you're eligible, basically you need to be considered, you know, nursing home level of care or at risk of nursing home placement and um, need help in the home. Or we do have individuals in the community that are interested in nursing home placement. Um, and so we can help with that application as well. Um, okay. Um, 
Well, that sounds like a very big program, very expansive. Uh, and, and I know there are criteria or eligibility requirements. And um, I know a person has to be financially qualified as well as medically qualified. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit or uh, about the medical criteria for the yes. choices program? Mm-hmm. So basically you have to meet what's considered nursing home level of care. And um, the assessment we look at uh, is called a PAE or a pre-admission evaluation. It's the same assessment they do for an individual going into a nursing home. So even if somebody wants services in the home, we're doing this the same evaluation because you have to meet that level of care. And they're looking at your activities of daily living, which include uh, your mobility or ambulation, if you're able to walk on your own. They're looking at transfers, if you're able to get in and out of a chair, in and out of bed by yourself. They look at toileting, You know, if you're able to go to the bathroom on your own, if you have incontinence issues, if you use a catheter, colostomy, things like that. Um, They're looking at if you're able to feed yourself um, or if you need somebody to actually feed you. So those are the things they're looking at. They also look at uh, your cognitive, if there's any cognitive impairment, uh, Mm -hmm. such as you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or a traumatic brain injury. So if there are safety issues, so maybe you're able to do those, you're able to walk around on your own, you're able to do those things, but you have cognitive impairment where you might need more supervision for safety reasons. So that those are the things that they look at. Uh, Also uh, medications, if you're able to take medications on your own. Okay. And um, so as far as the financial criteria, is that that's fairly rigid, I would assume? It is. And um, so you have to, if you just wanted to apply for 10 care without the choices program, the criteria to qualify financially is much stricter. Um, It is a little bit easier to qualify financially for choices. Um, So for an individual, and I should have looked this up, um, I believe you have to have an income of under, it's I think around 27. 27.40 or something. Yes, okay, I was, yeah, 27.42 a month. Um, Now, if your income is over that, you can still qualify, but you have to set up what's called a qualified income trust. Uh, Some people also call it like a Miller's trust, but that is, you know, another um, way that people can be eligible, even if they're over that threshold. So Um, so so people then shouldn't assume that just because they make maybe $2,900 a month or so that they're going to be denied. They should. Right. Okay. Well, right. that's, that's good to know. But they do have to be willing to set up that account. Mm-hmm. Now, when we do an application for somebody and they might be over, like say they're at that $2,900 a month, we're not going to um, have them set up that account until after we know that they physically qualify. 
because we don't want them to maybe necessarily do extra steps if they're not going to physically qualify. Um, so those are some things that we we look at. We don't want them to make too many financial decisions until we know that we can get them approved. Well, that that is really, really good advice because there's no sense at all messing with the finances or your money if you're not going to qualify for the program to start with. And the other part for the financial is they do look at assets. So for an individual, you can't have more than $2,000 in assets. Um, And they look at, you know, they don't count your home or a vehicle. Now, if you own another home, that would be considered or, you know, more vehicles or an RV, things like that. They do consider that, but they look at, you know, bank accounts, savings, retirement funds, stocks, bonds, IRAs. They also look at life insurance if there is a cash value to that. Um, So, in that application process, when we get to the financial portion, we have to gather documentation from that individual to show what their income is that they qualify and what their assets are um, to show that they qualify. And for a couple, that um, amount goes up, um, but it, they and. And with a couple, it does get a little trickier because sometimes the individual that's applying, maybe their name isn't on everything. And so it doesn't get counted towards their part. So there's a lot of details when we get into some of this financial aspect, but we do try to work with the individual. Um, And then if it's beyond our scope, then we refer to you know, other experts like such as. Okay. So a person starts by calling GNRC and they request the assessment. They come out, they do that initial assessment um, and they meet the medical criteria. How long before, you know, how long does it take for them to be approved after that point? That's a good question. And there are some variables. So once we, um, determine that we think you're appropriate referral or even if you if we don't know and we you want to go through the application we're going to try to do the home visit within five days of that call now some people you know don't want us to come out that soon or need more time to gather their financial documentation and so we work that out with the individual Um, once we do the home visit we're going to request paperwork from that individual's physician Uh, because we have to submit medical records to verify that medical, that they meet the medical criteria, that physical criteria. And so depending on how long it takes to get that from the doctor, um, we submit that as soon as we get it. Um, And sometimes, you know, it takes us calling several times with the doctor's office. And then if we can't get it, then we're going to ask the family to step in and call for that assistance. Some doctor's offices, we get it right away. We can submit it. Um, And then 10 care usually um, approves those PAEs pretty quickly. I think they have, I feel like they have, oh shoot, it's been a while, seven days, but they don't usually take that much time. They usually um, can approve or deny those PAEs within three days, typically three to five days, it seems. Um, So we'll know that 
physical criteria fairly soon. Um, and then also within five days from the home visit, we're submitting that financial application. Now, the TenCare also has 45 days to review that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they need, if they're looking at it and they're still missing information, um, then they're going to request to that. So it all kind of depends on how quickly we can get the medical documentation from the doctor, the financial records from the family, because if we don't have much, then that might also make the application take a little bit longer. Um, it does seem that the financial review tends to be the, the longest part of the process. Yeah, uh, we hear that as well. You know, it's uh, some people report it being uh, very cumbersome to get all that information gathered. So it, it sometimes takes them longer than what I would assume that you're, you know, that you would prefer to get the information. Yeah, And then also uh, it, it would be in their best interest to get that done as quickly as possible because services at home with choices don't start until after they're approved, correct? Correct. So you have to have the physical approval or medical approval and the financial approval before you can be enrolled. And then after enrollment, then they'll be assigned a care coordinator that will come out and then talk about setting up services. So then it's not until after that care coordinator um, starts that, that process to figure out what services are needed in the home. And then, then um, so all that's done and, and everyone's approved or, you know, we've got the approval. Um, does GNRC assist uh, people in finding those caregivers or those agencies that work with the Choices Program or does any agency? Well, once the individuals enroll or when we do the application, we'll ask them if they want to, they'll have to work with what's called an MCO or a managed care organization. And in our area, there are three choices, Amerigroup, Blue Care, and United Healthcare. So some people automatically know that they want to use one, um, others don't. So we suggest that they check with their doctor's office to see if their doctor, you know, accepts one of those over the other, um, or if they're looking at an assisted living, we'll ask them to check with that assisted living to see if they accept one of those um, MCOs. And so um, they can choose that MCO, or if they don't, they'll be assigned to a managed care organization. Now, they can change at a later point if they're not happy, but um, it's if you it's easier to know on the front end. And so once that individual's enrolled, Mm -hmm. that managed care organization or MCO will assign a care coordinator that will walk them through their, their choices for providers and how to set up services. Okay. So we, as GNRC, we only help with that enrollment, that application process. And once they're enrolled, it's really then taken off out of out of our control and into the to the managed care organization. Okay. Well, Sarah, that was lots and lots of very good, useful information. 
And so I guess that's it for today's episode. And thank you, Sarah, so much for uh, sharing your knowledge and your expertise with, with us. And thanks to everyone for listening. Now, Take Us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm. We help families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Please join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com. Document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging Starts Now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness. 